For more than 100 years, the Green Bay Packers have been a benchmark for football excellence. Thousands of players have helped pave the way, and we're here to tell their stories. I'm Wayne Larrabee. This is the Packers Alumni Spotlight. Jason Spitz was a third-round draft choice by the Packers in 2006, right at the start of the Mike McCarthy era in Green Bay. Now, he joined a team that was on the rise, but he was a little too nervous to realize it. I was just so nervous the first time we came into the building. Uh, I don't think I felt anything. Um, fortunately, I was able to, you know, participate early on in my career, um, and we were god-awful for a couple games there. But once we caught that last four games at the end of the season, then you could kind of feel that switch. So the momentum shifted in our favor. We were starting to gel. Mike's offense was clicking. Um, we had something special rolling into the second year when we went all the way to the NFC Championship game. No, it was 2006 to 2007. 2006, bad start under Mike McCarthy, his first year as a head coach. What do you remember about that first year and him as the coach? Oh, I love, I mean, Mike's a blue collar guy, which fits my personality very well. Um, I'll never forget, we get to the preseason, and I was like, this NFL thing isn't that tough. Then we open up against the Bears and just get shellacked. And I was like, oh, there's two different speeds of football. There's preseason football, and there's a regular season. I was like, now I get it. Um, his offense was great. Uh, I think, yeah, Mike's probably one of the better offensive lines I've been around throughout my career. Um, and then obviously having Favre in the backfield doesn't hurt. Yeah, playing with Brett Favre. Talk a little bit about that. Is, is he the gunslinger persona we all seem to know from outside the huddle? What's he like in the huddle? You know, you never know what you're going to expect when you first meet, let's call him a legend, because he is. We were in OTAs and it was the first time that Favre had shown up for a practice. Being just a rookie um, and him being the person that he was, like, oh, okay, I get it. He doesn't really need to do this stuff. But I, when he walked in the room, I thought, hey, you're about to witness greatness, an absolute consummate professional. He's going to show you how the craft is performed. He comes in, he listens to the huddle, he backs out, he puts his hand up for Kurt to hand him a Snickers bar and then a Coke. Opens the Snickers bar and he's eating during practice. And I was like, okay, not the first thing I thought I would see Brett Favre in practice do, but that's Favre. Um, he, he's, he walks to the beat of his own drum um, and he's one hell of a football player. You know, um, you also had Aaron Rodgers on that team. What did you know about the first couple of years? Was there any clue that Aaron Rodgers would uh, be a great quarterback as well? He's just the backup. He's just a young guy in your squad. Well, at you that knew. Time. He was, I mean, you was talented. Otherwise, then you know Ted wouldn't have drafted him. Um, but I mean, he's phenomenal in the preseason. There's always Aaron's team in the preseason because right? you could see what he was capable of. He made plays. He was proficient with the offense. But you know, it was, it was still Favre. Um, had it been anybody else back there, Aaron probably would have started earlier. Uh, but you knew he had something special. And he just continually improved, got better, maybe mirrored some of his game after what Favre did. Um, and I mean, he's the best in the game. The Packers used a four-game winning streak at the end of 2006 to finish with an 8-8 eight eight record. They took that momentum into 2007, and it became a blessed season. you look at it, there's a little bit of shuffling around of bodies the year before. Um, you had the same group of guys coming back. I think we had added a few players on defense. Um, so there, that side of the ball was starting to click. I mean, it's kind of hard to recall most of that season. 
I mostly remember the playoffs, yeah. especially against Seattle. Um, but like I said, there was this shift from being, you know, that also played, you know, team in the NFL to one of the names everyone's talking about. You guys played Seattle in the playoffs. You were the youngest team in the NFL, I believe, at the time. Didn't go so well early on. <laughs> Before never, the snow started flying, you guys were down 14 nothing. I was about to say, yeah, you probably know the, the exact stats, but yeah, this is not the way you want to start. You spent the whole season playing as well as we did, and you get to the playoffs, and it's going to end in the first two minutes of the game. But obviously, it didn't deter us. We kept playing. And I remember we had my, my favorite play of that game. Um, we were on the goal line, and we were running like 99, like an outside zone play to the left like two or three times in a row. And so Talish and I have a call we make. It was like a slip or something. And then the last, the third time we ran the ball, he called it the opposite direction. Without missing a beat, Talish and I both looked at each other, made the same call as if it was going the other way. The D tackle played it, easy touchdown. So that was my favorite play. It's probably the only one I can truly remember. I mean, there's been so many plays over the years, but that one sticks out to me. The Packers would fall to the Giants that year in the NFC Championship. But three years later, they were on their way to bigger and better things in 2010. However, a plethora of injuries threatened to derail their super plans. Did the players start to think that maybe it just wasn't their year? Well, I think when you get down to the end of the year that year, um, obviously we had better regular seasons. But at the end of the day, you just need to get in the playoffs, as we proved. Um, we had the talent. And it just, we, we got a couple lucky bounces. I think things like that, it just bounced the right way for it. We were just destined to win. You know, I got the feeling you guys are going to win, not until the Atlanta game. By halftime, Tremont Williams makes that interception, yeah. and all of a sudden, oh my God, these guys, these guys are Super Bowl caliber, this team. What was it like for you guys? When did you feel that Super Bowl glow, I guess, or did when you? When the clock ran out against Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> not until then. I, I, I was like it. Because, you, you know, you, you understand, having been in a couple, you know, playoffs a couple times, you understand just someday it's just, it's just not your day. So you just never know. And then when it's over in the playoffs, it's over. Um, but you continue to prepare for every game as, it's, as if it's the last. And like I said, fortunately it worked out. But I honestly did not, I didn't know until, I remember the clock struck zero and I was like, holy S-H-I-T, we're going to the Super Bowl. Super Bowl. What was your memory? What, what, what do you take from that? Um... Honestly, I remember more about the week of preparation and hanging out with the guys and then after than the actual. I mean, the game was like any other game. Practice was a little wonky, having to go to the high school and change facilities once or twice. Um, but when it came, once the game started, it was just it was another football game until that was over. And then you realized, oh, wait, we just won a Super Bowl. <laughs> so, but like, fortunately, I mean, it just... It's, it was the same. The, the staff did a great job. Mike did a great job commanding the ship. Um, nothing really changed. So it was the same preparation going into it as any other game. It just so happened to be the biggest game in the world. What did you think when he brought in uh, the people from Justin's to measure you Saturday night before the Super Bowl for your ring? You know, we talk about this. I, I talk about it all the time because my Super Bowl ring is three sizes too large. A, I've lost a little bit of weight since I've stopped playing. B, at the end of the season, your hands are swollen. I mean, it's a gutsy call. Like, hey, you're going to expecting to win the game. Um, it's probably, I don't know, it's, it was maybe smart. Get it out of the way instead of trying to wrangle a bunch of cats to come back and get fitted for a ring. Um, 
but it was neat. It, you kind of start, you did start kind of, it's crystallizing that thought of, oh, this is, this is what we're playing for. Um, but yeah, hindsight being 2020, I would have gotten a couple spices smaller. <laughs> <laughs> the thing about sports is you often develop strong bonds with your teammates. That certainly was the case for Jason Spitz, who came to Green Bay at the same time as fellow offensive lineman Darren College and Tony Maul. Yeah, I think it was a unique situation. We were coming into a team that kind of needed some help on the offensive line, especially in the interior. Uh, in a way, we were kind of competing for the same spots, but also in a way we were helping each other uh, make the team at the time. We were all in the same situation. We all came from what I would consider smaller schools, um, into the big show uh, and just our personalities just clicked. Um, I think paired off probably doesn't make the most sense, but the three of us together, we make one hell of a team. And those are, I mean, that, those are life, you guys are still. Oh, we're still, we're still close. I mean, we started, a, heck, we started a company together, which Tony's running, uh, I think full time now, uh, Three Fat Guys Wine, check it out. <laughs> um, but yeah, we, I think it's, those are, Darren and Tony, I will be friends with to the day I die. I think they'll say the same thing. We're just, just something about our relationship, the dynamic, the things that we, the, the trials and tribulations we had to go through to make, make it in the NFL. Uh, it just, I think it's gonna bond us forever. Last question. Um, reflect on your time in Green Bay, your football experiences. You've had many, obviously, high school, college. You went to, you played for a couple of other organizations in the league. Green Bay, your experience in Green Bay, what do you take from that? I always say Green Bay is the best place to ever play, and it's the worst place to play first. Because once you've played here, every other organization sucks. I remember I went to my hometown team after I left Green Bay, and I was like, this is not what it's supposed to be like. But this, it's just something special about the atmosphere, the town, the team. Um, it's like, I don't know, it's just, it's magical. It's like what Disneyland is for kids, Lambeau Field is for me. Wow. Uh, so don't play here first. Don't play. I mean, yeah, if you can finish here, yeah. Like you do like, <laughs> like Mason or Aaron, those guys, you get a long stint of it. But yeah, it, you, you take kind of for granted how well you're treated here. And they do everything possible that you can just go out and play football. Uh, and then the town's great. I mean, I'm a blue collar guy. It's a blue collar town. It was a great fit for me. Uh, I have nothing but great things and great memories from this place.